Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of I'm So Glad You Brought That Up. How are you, Morgan? I'm doing well, Haley. How are you? I am getting by, girl. It is the end. Yeah. Of, it is the end of the semester, so I am simply over it. I feel like my body just knows that this time of year is like final season. And even though like I'm in the real world now, I still just have this like underlying level of just like discomfort and panic. And I feel like I should be doing something or studying for something that I'm like a little disoriented by it. So I feel like trapped in the house because my mother has COVID. So that is so unfortunate. We are wishing her well. Um, I feel like just this time of year in general, like with the holidays and everything, people like even people in the job force are like, we're not doing anything. Don't don't schedule any meetings until the new year. The year is simply over in our books. So yeah, I was planning my like time off for the holidays. I was like, nothing time is fake nothing is real I need this year to be over (laughs) yeah a hundred percent it's it's time 2024 it's time for you girl like I'm I don't think 2023 was a bad year by any means but it was definitely a lot happened I was talking Mm -hmm. I was talking to a friend about that and I was like literally like even just the fact that I graduated college yeah huge big life-changing event like if that had been the only thing that happened this year like that still would have been a lot but like everything else that I have dealt with and done and experienced no 100% it was a year of growing. too much it was a year of growing and changing for sure um, and you know what that's the best way to put it that is the best mm-hmm. way to put it <laughs> yeah most definitely well do you want to get into some pop culture news absolutely I do I think first off because it is the end of the year mm-hmm. it is everyone's favorite time of year Spotify wrapped time absolutely and I don't know if you had anyone send you this but I had a couple people send me that this podcast I'm so glad you brought that up was their number one podcast I of know, the year that is so nice to think about like, thank you for listening to our silly little like <laughs> I feel like sometimes I forget that we have an audience that we should like cater 100%. to instead I'm just like having a conversation with you a hundred percent like I'm trying also, to make it, yeah trying to make oh. it interesting for people but like it's also just us talking <laughs> literally and then also like we were just like in a couple people's top five which was like insane that yes. like people are listening to this podcast enough I know and ours it was so cool to like have a Spotify wrapped for our podcast like we got yeah. all of our stats and everything of like where people listen so thanks for tuning in guys <laughs> this is I hope yeah. it's fun for you yeah I hope it's fun for y'all as it is for us because like this is truly just like exactly it's this is therapy it's a passion project like it's just to make it like it just it's just to make us happy honestly right. I feel like yeah. and if other people like it that's just like a great do you want to share who was on your Spotify wrapped oh yes let me pull it up my number one artist of the year to no one's surprise no one is shocked no one moved uh is Taylor Swift I listened to like almost 10,000 minutes of her music this year um and I listened to 50,000 minutes of music total um which is much higher than it's been in past years but I think that's because I've been working and listening to music while I work all the time and then uh Noah Khan, Zach Bryan, Haim, and Hozier were my other top artists 
My top song was Vampire by Olivia Rodrigo, which I find... I was so surprised by that. Yeah. I'm really, really surprised by that. I'm convinced that Spotify, the way that they do specifically top song, not top artist, is if you've listened to a song consecutively and like how many times did you listen to a song consecutively, not your like total overall number of streams. Because yeah, the day that Vampire dropped, I listened to it 65 times. Right. (laughs) Like... I get it, but also, uh, like, there were definitely some other songs that I listened to, like, over the course of a year. Right, that's, yeah, no, definitely. And then Stick Season, I Can See You, Northern Attitude, (laughs) and Bad Idea Right were my two through five, which I understand Bad Idea being right, or Bad Idea Right being on there a little bit more than Vampire, because I feel like after Vampire came out, I, like, streamed it nonstop that day and then never listened to it again. And right. then my top honor was pop. Amazing. I love that. Um, mine, my top artist was Noah Khan. Again, like everybody pretend to be shocked. No, <laughs> no one is surprised by that. Um, my number two artist was Renee Rapp. Number three was Lizzie McAlpine. Four was Taylor Swift. Five was Boy Genius. This is the most me Spotify wrapped that my Spotify wrapped has ever been. Like I, I think like if, I had been, if someone like gave me my friend's Spotify raps, but didn't show me who they were attached to, I would know that one was yours like right away. Thank you. Thank you. Like after I posted it, everyone close to me was like, this makes so much sense for you. And I was like, I know, like I felt so seen this year by my, by my Spotify wrapped. I think it was the most accurate it's ever been. Um, my top songs were All My Love, Snow Angel, Poison Poison, Not Strong Enough, and Mean Something, which again, okay. tracks. It tracks. And if we are going off of my theory that Spotify chooses your top song based on how many times you listen consecutively, mm-hmm. um, it needed to be Not Strong Enough because there was a week where I think that was the only song I listened to. <laughs> I was in the trenches. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and that's the song that you play when you're in the trenches. Like that, that was created for that exact moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm honestly shocked. I know it's in my top 100. Like I know it's on that oh, list yeah. of songs that they give you. Yeah, I'm sure. sure. I bet it's it has to be in my top 10 because of specifically that week <laughs> that I think that, it, that it's all I listened to. Right. I only had 38,851 minutes. And it's so funny that you say you had 50,000 because I told my friend that I had that many minutes. And she was like, how do you listen to so much music? And I was like, girl, I can never have a moment of silence. There is never a moment where it's quiet. My AirPods weren't working at work the other day. And I was forced to not have some sort of auditory stimulation while I was working. And I was losing my mind. I was having the worst day ever. Right. Like there's never a moment where it's quiet. Um, music is always playing. So music or podcast, something. I need auditory stimulation. Exactly. So that is how I wrap up my minutes. I love Spotify, Spotify rap day. It was, it's the best day of the year. What was your top genre? Did you say? Stomp and holler. (laughs) Play. That was my number five when they gave you like the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where was like, you know how it told you where to move? Like the city that it told you to move to? Yes. Mine was Burlington, Vermont. So was mine. And, and yeah, yeah, and amen, I say to that, it makes so much sense. God, that was such a cool, that was a silly addition too. I really liked it though. I thought that yeah. was super fun. Yeah, it was. Um. Anyway, 
cheers to spotify rap day we love it so much cheers okay next thing we have to get into is like honestly still kind of blowing my mind that this even happened i don't know about you no i was very shocked when i heard about it i'm sure the swifties are all aware um tree pain like pretty much came after Dumois' throw on Twitter a couple days ago. Um, Dumois, if you're not familiar, it's a very famous like gossip site where people kind of like submit things that they've heard about different celebrities anonymously. And there isn't necessarily a celebrity's name always attached to it, but a lot of people can kind of use context clues to figure out what person they're talking about. So this thing was posted on Dumois anonymously about how Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn like had a non-legal marriage ceremony and how they were they had been like secretly married during their relationship. And so when they like broke up, they actually got divorced. There have like it was a very popular Swifty theory when like Lover came out and everything that Joe and Taylor were secretly married. Like it's not it's definitely not like a secret thing. Like definitely a lot of people thought it um, and have thought it for a while until obviously like people realized they just were not married um but Tree Payne who is Taylor Swift's publicist clapped back on Twitter so hard and said like this is absolutely not true it's so harmful to the people involved to be like continuously spewing this narrative and I was shocked like literally on the floor and like God bless Tree Page doing yeah. his work. Um, I was also very shocked because it happened while Taylor and Tree, Tree was there too, were mm-hmm. attending the Renaissance concert movie premiere in London. Right. Like I I I want to know the conversation that went down mm-hmm. to make that happen. Yeah. Like there, like right right then and there like what happened who said what I need to know I know so for her publicist who obviously got permission to post it from Taylor like to be on Twitter saying such public things about like her relationship her relationship status is wild I know and I mean the last time that I think we got like a very like angry public statement like that from tree too was during the Kim and Kanye stuff right And so it's interesting how, like, how will that narrative change this time? If, if anything comes of it, then also like, what does this mean for Demois, you know, like having, well, cause I know, I'm pretty sure it was Hailey Bieber said, like said to Demois, like, keep my name out of your mouth or I'm going to be like, like filing a defamation case. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, do we think, I don't think a defamation case would come out of this. I don't Um, think because also, I mean, like defamation cases, especially when you're a public figure, become harder to have any like substantial evidence. You need to have like actual malice. And we're getting into our media law class. Yeah, again, this one. Um, look at us using our degrees. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also think like Taylor doesn't care enough to go that far, in my opinion. And I think Tree protecting her in that way was like really all she needed. And then it's that that's just it. Like people are gonna say fake things about celebrities whether they want them to or not like it's just what's gonna end up happening especially at the level of fame that Taylor has reached like it's nothing new where people are just like constantly making things up about her you know sites like Dumois just 
are obviously aren't doing any good. They definitely do way more harm in the end. A hundred percent. And I think we're kind of leaving that era of, um, not fan culture, but like fan culture, but also I think we're just kind of leaving that era as a society of like, everyone knows these things are fake. Yeah. You know, they're kind of, they're kind of losing their, losing their standing. So who knows, maybe this will, maybe this will help, you know, move that along. Yeah. One can only hope. Well, some happier news um, is that Taylor finally dropped You're Losing Me on streaming. And thank God for not and having to illegally stream that song anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, thank God she's finally acknowledging it. She's finally giving it to us. Yeah. Um, but the fact that that song was written in 2021, Jack, Jack Antonoff really came I, for Joe Alwyn with that, with that Instagram story. Also, like, I have never loved a man quite like I love Jack Antonoff. Correct. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, Correct. The fact that he saw all of the tweets being like, when was this written? Someone please tell us when this was written. Like, please. And he gave us timestamps. He said it was written on this day at this time right after she was making these cookies and I said okay <laughs> amazing and amen to that and amen, amen to, to that. that but it does make the timeline confusing and it does kind of give um a little bit of context to the theory that Midnight's is a breakup album and it 100 is I, like if I'm sorry if if you have not believed it up until now okay right now that we have this critical piece of information it was, I think it was definitely a breakup album in the way that a lot of the songs kind of seemed like it they were like holding on to last little bits of what the relationship was but overall it was like it's not a lovey album not at all it's even um did you see that taylor like liked a tweet that kind of alluded to sweet nothing not being about joe and instead of being about paul and linda mccartney like (laughs) no that's so silly i didn't see that yeah so basically it was like this story how one day i think paul had come back from like a walk or a run or something and had like written a poem while he was on that walk and in response like to, like because there's the line in the song like on the way home I wrote a poem you said what yes. a mind this happens all the time like apparently that was um Linda's response like what a mind you know was her was her response to hearing the poem or maybe it was that maybe Linda wrote it and Paul said it but I mean like sure. it's like that verbiage okay. yeah is very specific it is indeed so, I'll roll, I'll roll with that theory I will yeah. roll with that theory that's that's really interesting yeah and I'm so glad Taylor's finally getting her bag for this song instead of letting all the streams go to whoever illegally downloaded it onto Spotify <laughs> truly truly um next you guys this I- section is just like all Taylor Swift news like a couple things now but like it's really just been Taylor in yeah. my mind, truly. But I think that's just because she takes up like 80% so much, of space in my brain. So much space in my brain. Exactly. Um, since the last time we recorded, Taylor Swift has done her like Argent- Argentina shows, Brazil shows. 
Um, and Travis Kelsey was at one of the shows in Argentina. Guys, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. When Taylor was performing Karma at the show that Travis was at. I'm like getting excited thinking about was- it again. Morgan actually texted me about it because I was not on Twitter when it happened. And she was like, did you see, like, is it really true that Taylor Swift changed the lyrics to Karma to say Karma is the guy on the Chiefs? And I was like, literally no way would she do that. Like, absolutely no way. I opened Twitter. It was all over my timeline. Like, videos from every different angle, reactions from the crowd. Reactions from um, Travis and her dad. The reaction of Travis, like, I have never eaten up a grown man being that giddy before. Like, I love seeing a grown man giddy for a woman. And the the videos of her running to kiss him after. I was just getting ready to say that. I was just getting ready to say that. And I'm so glad you brought that up. (laughs) I'm so glad I brought that up, too, because we could not leave this episode without speaking about it. I have heard so many people analyze that video and I just think it is so damn sweet the way that he was like standing inside the tent and then her dad was like no like come wait out here for her and he has his arms behind his back because he knows that people are recording and he knows that people can see them and he is letting her like decide what decide what the fans get to see about them and she runs up and like literally jumps into his arms I just I love this era for her. I love her in her wag era. It I is- need her to go to another game. I need I I need more of that. Yeah, well, she was just at the Packers game. She was? Yeah, girl. Like last uh, night. I didn't. I've missed that. Uh she was just at the Packers game, but now everyone's saying that she's like cursing the Chiefs because the Chiefs lost. Well. Anyway, it is the sweetest damn thing that I've literally ever seen. I actually still can't believe she changed the lyrics. Like, it is wild. I love it for her, and I'm so glad she did. She's our chaos queen. She knew we would eat it up. And we did. And And so did did. her dancers. I think her dancers' reactions are some of my favorite reactions. Because obviously, like, see the shock and excitement on their faces that she did that. And I just love how in love she is. And I love how in love he is. Nothing like seeing a grown man down bad for a girl. And... And yeah, and I agree. And yeah. Okay, we need to talk about this next thing because you added it and I need more information. I did. I did in fact add this. Um, So I was listening to a podcast today called Giggly Squad, which was my number one podcast of the year, actually. Um, It's really great. Recommend it to everyone. And Shawn Mendes is maybe allegedly in a cult. Um, So basically he's dating this new woman. I don't remember her name. And she is involved in, it's called, he's currently dating, her name's Charlie Travers, who was on Big Brother in 2013, uh, worked as a psychic medium, Okay, has worked with a psychic medium. She's a TV presenter, podcaster, whatever. Yeah. Um, and she is involved in something that's called the School of Modern, sorry, Modern Mystery School. Okay. Um, and it's a cult, maybe, you know, new, new agey religion, allegedly. Um, and people are just saying, cause like he hasn't released any new music. Like he's kind of been like pulled away from that sphere. Um, and has been like hanging out with lots of people that are involved in this 
school people yeah. are alleging that it's maybe a cult um and I just I think we haven't had like a good old-fashioned celebrity cult rumor in a while like we'll always have Scientology and we'll always have the Illuminati but I feel like we haven't had like no like, exactly. a, like a good old-fashioned yeah and I feel like if anybody was going to be in a cult, it just makes sense that it would be Sean Mendez. It makes so much sense that it would be Sean Mendez. And I'm really glad you agree with me about that. I like, <laughs> like no other celebrity would just like randomly start dating someone and then accidentally get into a cult other than Sean Mendez. It's very on brand for it him. Is. Also, um, we didn't talk about Harry Styles shaving his head. So oh, we didn't. Oh, yes. Mr. Harry Styles did in fact just simply shave his head bald. Well, buzz cut, but... And listen, like, at the end of the day, is it going to affect me being a fan of him? Of course not. Like, I will always be in Harry's corner, no matter what. But, babes, why did you do that? I think he just did it to make his fans mad. I think, well, I heard rumors that he was going to be on the new season of The White Lotus. So that's why he... This man's from the the clutches of acting. (laughs) He doesn't need to be doing it. He has proven time and time again he proved to us in the one direction i carly episode that this man is not meant to be an actor i yeah why are we still making him act i'm interested interested to see if it actually comes to fruition because i know you haven't seen the white lotus but it's it could be very true that he's just like a guest on an episode or like a guest reoccurring through the season and he doesn't have that big of a role I think what I heard was he was going to play like a yoga instructor so the way the white that would that would okay yeah the way the white lotus cast works is it it's very based on like some characters just don't get that much screen time and so that could very much be the energy of what they're trying to do with him um but I heard that's why he shaved his head not sure how true that is um but yeah did you also see his mom like post to stop being mean to him oh my god (laughs) so Anne, I think she posted on Twitter I want to say but she was like I don't understand how like all these people can like say treat people with kindness and like say all these things about how like you need to be nice to people on the internet and then be like so rude about someone that you say you love so much pretty much it makes me sad it does make me sad, but also like how embarrassing for your mom to be defending you on Twitter. Like, so bad for you, yeah. Like especially Harry Styles. Like at the end of the day, do you really think he cares? I don't. Like, I don't. like yeah. At the end of the day, I really don't think he cares. Yeah. So Anne is a sweet, sweet lady. I love her, but like, come on. I don't think he needed that. Absolutely. Also, I just thought of this too because when I said that, I think he did it to make his fans mad. Have you been following the, like the drama with Matt Reif? Oh my god, I wish I hadn't. But I yeah. know. Everything I know about that man is against my will, simply. But for those of you who don't know, he just recently had a Netflix special come out and like his big opening up starting joke is about domestic violence. And this man has a largely female fan base that he has like, I'm fairly certain he's on record saying like he doesn't like the fact that he I think he says it in the beginning of the special. Yes, so he, does. he doesn't that he doesn't like that he has a largely female fan base. Which I, is stupid and Nikki. Don't bite the hand that feeds you, Matthew. Exactly. This is my thing with that that human. Um, I have not watched his comedy special and I won't. 
I won't yeah. be giving him the time of day, but he does pop up on my for you page a lot. And I think he is only capable of doing crowd work because it mm-hmm. is very apparent that his material based on clips I've seen of his comedy special is not funny. Like it's old jokes. Um, He made a joke about like how women should be staying in the kitchen or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, can you not like, if you have to tear down your audience in order to like make yourself feel like you're funny or make yourself feel better about yourself, then like that's your own problem. Also, did you see the clip of him on Tana Mojo's podcast? Because I literally died. Yes. Yes. That was so iconic. I've never, like, I literally burst out laughing when I heard that. Basically, he said, like, everybody who hates me is just jealous of me. And Tana had a really good comeback. And it was, yeah, that man is a joke. And I'm so glad that he is getting torn down because it you deserve it like and the thing is is it's not an original joke either I I saw a TikTok that was like I heard that joke in the back of the bus in middle school and like it's yeah it's not he's not funny he's not a good writer I watched a um like video essay um talking about his new special that like showed clips of his other jokes and like they're just lazy they're just they're not he doesn't work as hard as he should no um yeah I don't really want to give him any more of our energy because honestly he doesn't deserve it so he'll get what's coming to him in the end exactly I just I don't think his career is going to last very long and good good exactly um all right do you want to talk about your movies that you've been watching recently I do I've kind of been back on my like watching things grind and I'm trying to get back into my reading era I'm currently reading Ghosts by Dolly is it what's her last name um yes yeah um and enjoying it so far but I have been very outspoken on this podcast about my dislike for superhero movies and the fact that um I'm not I'm not into them and I have no allegiance to Marvel or DC however comma in the last week I have watched two Batman movies and I don't want to talk about it but I'm going to talk about it (laughs) um I've now seen the most recent one that came out with Robert Pattinson and it slaps it was good I'm really sorry. It's so good. It's a good movie. Um, I'm here for emo Batman. And then I also watched The Dark Knight, which I feel like now, once I watch Fight Club, I think I will officially, and like a couple more Quentin Tarantino movies, I think I'll officially be able to call myself a film bro now, now that I've seen that one. And I get why it's considered such like an iconic and like important movie in like I don't know, like the cinema space, you know, it's always on those like top 100 movies list and everything like that. Heath Ledger is absolutely like amazing in it. Um, But I'm really sorry. It didn't do a whole ton for me. Um, I gave it four stars. Both of them have four stars on Letterboxd for different reasons. Um, But I, I'm kind of here for emo Batman, even though I will take any and every opportunity to, consume Christian Bale media mm-hmm. I just I just don't think I'm gonna be a convert on this one try as some people might mm-hmm. <laughs> amazing and 
Yeah. And then I saw salt, saw salt burn this past weekend. And I'm sure like, cause I feel like that movie is definitely getting talked about a lot, but no yes. one's really like talking about it. Yes. And I'm also not going to like really get into the meat of it, but basically it's Jacob Elordi and Barry Keoghan. And um, they are, holy cow, amazing together. They work so well off of each other in this movie. All of the actors in it are phenomenal. It's it's a really well done and like visually stunning movie. And if there's one thing about me, I'm I'm gonna watch a pretty movie. Right. Um, but shit is fucked. Shit is so fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, there was. I think with me in the theater, when I got there, there were like maybe five of us in total six. And there was a couple and a couple walked out like a little over halfway through. And that was before things got like really insane. Uh, Cause I have a feeling the boyfriend got a little uncomfortable. Uh, I have a feeling that's why they left. But um, it's just, eh. there's no way to prepare you for like, what you would walk into without just like simply spoiling all of it. However, I will, I will quote my favorite letterboxd review that I read. And that was this movie is going to do for bathtubs. What call me by your name did uh, for peaches. So yeah. And I have seen call me by your name. Like prepares me a little bit for what I'm going to be walking into when I inevitably watch this. I'm not going to see it in the theater. I literally refuse to sit in that theater and watch it with strangers just based on the energy of what I've been given from people who have watched it Um, but as soon as it comes on digital I will be I will be viewing and I think I just saw TikTok I think it's coming sooner than we think it is so that's good I can't Um, wait yeah definitely my friend and I were gonna go see it together and then we saw a TikTok that was like do not go see this movie with your parents your siblings a first date basically anyone that you want to like look in the eyes after um watching it and I'm really glad I went to go see it alone in a mostly empty theater. But um, I felt like I needed to go to church after seeing that. Yeah. But it's real, like it, like d- despite the at times intense and disturbing content, it was really fucking good. Understood. So, if you want to not not waste an afternoon but you know you're a little bored and you're wondering spice up the afternoon yeah what will spice up my afternoon salt burn yeah salt burn that'll be the one I also have seen um the ballad of songbirds and snakes since the last time we spoke on this podcast too um I still need to see it but I'm going to life-changing and I mean that in the best possible way it absolutely slayed like it did everything that a prequel was supposed to do I think a lot of the criticism is coming from people who have read the book because a lot was left out but you guys we simply cannot fit a 529 page book into a two-hour movie like it's never gonna happen um but I think 
the people <laughs> it's just so funny to see the reaction of like people who have who saw the movie and then are now going back to read the book because the main consensus is like people who had just seen the movie were like president snow's not that bad like he was just a cute little boy in love and then they read the book and they hear his inner monologue and they're like no this bitch is crazy <laughs> like this bitch is literally insane because he's always been crazy like the in the movie they definitely romanticize the heck out of him just because Tom Blythe is so hot but like and as they should I'm sorry I'm sorry as they should oh and you are so real and right for that that was in my letterbox review I was like they need to stop casting hot people if you want us to hate them yeah. because like we are it is in it is girlhood to root for the hot blonde kid with emotional turmoil problems it's the draco malfoy effect but i can fix him girlies it is the it is the rafe cameron draco malfoy young president snow trilogy so um but also Ra- rachel zegler absolutely knocked it out of the park like i could she not- is so talented she sang everything live in that movie of course she did of course She's she a- did She's amazing. So the whole, the whole oh my entire cast was amazing. Josh was amazing. Like Peter Dinklage was in it. Viola Davis was in it. Just amazing. I could not have pictured a better prequel, truly, truly and honestly. And I can't wait to see it again when it comes on digital. And I can't wait for you to see it. I cannot wait to watch it. I just like haven't gotten around to it. But yeah, yeah lots of, I feel like there isn't anything coming. Cause like, oh, Christmas day movies. Are you, do you go, do you go see movies on Christmas day? No, but I am interested to see Wonka, which comes out on the 15th. Oh, I, okay. I definitely, I want to see boys in the boat, which comes out Christmas day, but like, we're like a Christmas day movie family. If, if there's something that we want to go see, we'll go see it then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I haven't decided if I'm going to see Wonka yet. Oh, I'm definitely going to see it. I'm definitely going to see it. No doubt about that. I will be attending. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. Okay, so for today's episode, we are going to be going through our favorite holiday movies. We have, this has become like a seasonal tradition, I feel like. I Absolutely. Think- we've done summer. Yeah. We've done like fall. Halloween, fall. Literally. And, now, and now we are entering the holiday season, so feel like it was definitely important to continue this tradition we have to give you all our recommendations i know you all are dying waiting champing (laughs) the bit falling over crying because you don't know what our favorite holiday movies are a hundred and a hundred percent so would you like to go ahead with your number one i would like to go ahead with my number one and my number one is the live action grinch and i think this is I mean I think for all of these especially on my list I'm I'm not too sure about yours I don't want to speak for you like a lot of these are riding on pure 100% childhood nostalgia right like if I had not grown up with any of these movies and tried to watch them now like no context Mm -hmm. it, it would not be the same for me but there is I have like such vivid memories of like me my mom and my dad growing up watching the live action Grinch my dad um like famously did not like animated movies um like he just like wouldn't sit there and watch them with us like if my mom and I were watching them and so like this was one of the like few things that like we would all watch not few things that we would all watch together but like maybe like kid-centered media 
mm-hmm. that we would watch, that he would watch with us, that he could enjoy as well. Because when you watch this as like a fully functional, solidified, well, not quite solidified brain, but mostly solidified brain adult, it is a trip and a half. And it is just like the little details that you would not understand as a kid. And then you go back and watch, like, like you can grow with this movie. And I know that that's a very interesting claim to make about the yeah. live action Grinch, but I don't know. There's just, and it's, it's so camp. It's so camp. <laughs> it it is really so entertaining. And as we know, I just, I love a visuals heavy movie. So like, of course I would love this, but the number one thing that I did not pick up on as a kid um, that I noticed as an adult when I went to go back and watch the movie, the holiday party scene, that's like the flashback when the Grinch like gets dropped off or whatever. It's a fucking swingers party. Oh, they, you see the window, they're putting their car keys in a bowl and it's like, it's called a key party. So what you do is like, at some yeah. point at the end of the night I forget I think it's usually the women pull out the keys of the guy that they're going to be going home with and it's like usually married couples that have gone to these things okay heard so that's just like a fun little adult easter egg so just to yeah. inspire any of you to go in and see all of the wacky zany crazy right. um things that are not for children but I just I love when children's movies put stuff in for the adults yeah 100%. and this one does that and, and when you're finally like grown enough to catch it yeah amazing also christine baranski slays as martha may yes absolutely slays and that, that's why it's my number one also jim carrey how can you like you jim carrey yeah completely oh, valid and understand everything you're saying the grinch scared me as a child and i've not been able to get over it so this really? is not, this is not one that i revisit during the holiday season but i know it's a lot of people's favorite it's just so. it's so good it's yeah. so good i think like i definitely look forward to this i how i kind of did my um my ranking at least especially like for number one I had to think about like what do I look forward to like coming across organically on the tv yeah because I feel like that's a that's like peak Christmas movie culture you rarely ever seek them out you stumble upon them they find you sure (laughs) and so that is why I was like I think I would be the most excited to find the Grinch I love that That's that's a great way to explain it um my number one was the easiest number one pick that I've truly ever done. Um, it's the holiday. And yeah, no one's surprised. No one moved. <laughs> exactly. If you know anything about me, literally no one's shocked. Um, I, the past couple of days, I've been having conversations with people like, oh, what's your favorite holiday movie? What movie do you love to revisit during this season? And every time I've said the holiday, everyone's like, oh, I haven't seen that before. Imagine my surprise. Like, People who haven't seen The Holiday, I just genuinely feel so bad for you. I hadn't seen it until like a few years ago. It was, yeah. Like, it, I will say it wasn't like a childhood movie that I watched, but mm-hmm. I did watch it a, a long enough time ago to where I feel like I grew up with it, if that makes any sense. Like, I probably watched it in high school for the first time. But classic Nancy Myers movie and it's also one of those movies where like yes it's a holiday movie but you can also watch it year round I feel like like I don't think it's necessarily tied down to this time of year um but come on like we have Jude Law we have 
Cameron Diaz, we have Jack Black, Kate Winslet. What more can you ask? Like, yeah, what? That's a really cast. great cast. Great cast, incredible story, like so unique, never been done before. Just the most heartwarming group of characters ever. Like, I've never wanted to root for characters more than I've wanted to root for this group of characters. And you just love them all so much by the end. And it is just Nancy Myers. It's just Nancy Myers. And, and if I there's one thing about us, we, we love, love Nancy Myers. We do. Um, and this is literally no exception. And Jude Law in this movie is equivalent to like a lot of people when they watch Notting Hill for Hugh Grant. Like Jude yes. Law, Jude yeah. Law is for me what Hugh Grant is for a lot of people in Notting Hill. So and that's so real and that's so valid as a as a Hugh Grant girly. <laughs> um, right. I get it. I get that. Exactly. What is your number two? My number two is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Because if we're going for quote value, this movie's got it. There's so many good ones. And also I grew up with a dad who loved the like any of the National Lampoon movies, Animal House, this, like I grew up watching them. Um, so I had to, I had to put Christmas Vacation on this list. I love, even though Chevy Chase is a scumbag of a human, even though he is a horrible person, I love this movie so much. Again, it's the childhood nostalgia. It's the craziness. It's the zaniness because no one's watching a Christmas movie because it's good cinema. Yeah. Like you can't be artful when it comes to a Christmas movie. And again, it's camp and it's silly. And my favorite line will always be, why is the carpet wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Like I say that to my, that's like a little like thing that I just say to myself like year round. Like I love to have a little bit, a little joke. And that's definitely one of my favorites. It's also Julia Louis-Dreyfus and I love her. Love her. And I love her movie. And it's just, it's so stupid. You have to love it. And I think that should, that should be National Lampoon's tagline. It's so stupid. You have to love it. That is very true. I have a really hard time with stupid humor I always have I have yeah and I feel like that is part of me growing up with two brothers like I've just been around stupid humor so it's not funny to me <laughs> so when I watched this movie I was like honestly triggered because it reminded me so much of my family um and so again this is one that I don't revisit but I know a lot of people do like a lot of people live die and breathe for Christmas vacation the song that plays in the beginning during like the opening credits like it's just it's so iconic to me and I I'm also I'm not like a stupid humor person generally at all I think this is definitely one of those instances of like it's because I grew up watching it it's because like I grew up in like a national lampoon liking household um it just is it's not it doesn't feel like Christmas unless I've watched this and I didn't put this one on my list because I felt like it I didn't love it enough to talk about it on this podcast but White Christmas is another one that like I have to watch and it, it like it, it doesn't feel like Christmas until I've watched that movie amazing and I want you to talk about your number two because then I'm going to talk about specifically why this one is not on my list <laughs> So my number two is The Polar Express. I love this movie. This is like the ultimate holiday comfort movie for me. I just feel like it's not the fascinating. Holiday. It's not it the fascinating holiday. to hear the words Polar Express and comfort in the <laughs> same sentence. Um, it's something about Tom Hanks. It's <laughs> something about Tom Hanks. 
And that man is just like such a comforting presence in mine and my family's life. Um, We were a Toy Story family and we were a Polar Express family. And so it just doesn't feel like the holidays unless I watch the Polar Express. And I am really my only family member who like loves the Polar Express, but everyone sits down and watches it with me because they know that I love it. But it is just, I don't know. I just feel like I'm being wrapped in a warm hug after watching the Polar Express. Oh my God. You, the Grinch used to scare you as a child. I was afraid of Polar Express. You're not the only one. A lot of people. The animation style is so creepy when they're fighting on the top of the train. Yeah. Where there's the, the old scary guy. So I get it. It was scary. And like that part where they went into the toy room on the train, it was scary. I will give you that. It was, it was scary, but I just, the whole movie as a whole, like that's what Christmas magic is about. (laughs) Okay. So, but every, uh, the vast majority of people are scared of the Polar Express. So you're definitely not alone in that. I will say the hot chocolate number, iconic. Iconic. Um, and Tom Hanks playing like every voice, Everyone. like that's cinema to me. Like that is that's a metaphor. <laughs> that's truly a metaphor when you think about it. <laughs> oh my god, that's that's it. That's the best. That's the best that's quote. The- <laughs> that's the quote. If oh my god, yeah, no Polar Express, terrifying. But I respect people. Like I respect people's commitment to it because people that love the Polar Express. They go hard for the Polar Express. Yeah, and I'm one of those people. (laughs) I can tell. I can sense it. (laughs) All right, what is your number three? My number three is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, that old stop-motion Burl Ives Christmas movie. Really, this could be interchanged for any of them, but I I really love Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, specifically because I love, I think his name is Herbie, the elf that just wants to be a dentist. (laughs) there like when I was young I like that uh, fuck Rudolph forget Rudolph I didn't care about Rudolph I wanted more about the elf who wanted to be a dentist who didn't feel like his calling was to make toys right and I think that says a lot about me and who I have become as an adult most definitely (laughs) the fact that 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 is who I clung to in this movie yeah no doubt just I don't know man it really it really got me it really it just really got me and the whole like and again fucking it's found family yeah it's like these tropes that like I still love as an adult in this like holiday kids movie right exactly just, and it's so nostalgic that style like I mean they emulate it in Elf you know like that's how iconic these movies were for the holidays 100%. but I will stand by the year without Santa Claus is also creepy and terrifying what is it with children's holiday movies and being creepy what is with holiday movies and being creepy like what the year without a Santa Claus and Santa Claus is coming to town like Santa Claus's origin story that one was it when he like okay, met- yeah Santa Claus's origin that one's good that one is so cute and then Frosty the snowman is so cute as well like this the claymation version of Frosty I oh, love the claymation ones yeah we definitely we definitely watch those every single year for sure 
But I, someone needs to investigate the mildly creepy children's Christmas movie phenomena. No, heard. That's someone. Not- someone needs to do some research on that. Why is it creepy? Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I love it. It's so. And Burl Ives, man, you just like his voice yeah. is like being wrapped up in a warm blanket. A hundred percent. And that's how I feel about Tom Hanks. It always comes back to Tom Hanks. I love you, Tom Hanks. Uh, okay, Tom my... Hanks, if you're listening, and we know you are, please come on the podcast. I would die. That's like childhood hero level. I would die. Okay. Um, my number three movie is another like family favorite of ours during the holiday season. Elf. I just feel like this one's a classic. It's like, such a classic. And I didn't put it on my list because I had a feeling like you would put it on yours. And I didn't feel like we didn't both need to have it on there. Yeah such this a classic is, this is by far like my, the movie that my me and my family like will always sit down and watch um it's definitely one of those that's gotten to a point where it's like you don't necessarily laugh at the funny parts anymore because you've just watched it so many times but it is still like heartwarming and cute and like a sweet sweet little holiday christmas movie and zoe zoe deschanel is in it so like that just gives you all the reason but we have to watch it exactly exactly it- it's, and like classic so classic takes place in New York City Christmas movie like it's just it it was made for the purpose and it served its purpose it's yeah, yeah it's just it's it makes the ending makes you feel so good it does it does my mom loves this movie but she hates the chase scene in Central Park okay understood like, to the point where she will fast forward through it <laughs> that is valid no I can understand that yeah but no and again I mean like this movie pulls from like those old Burl Ives Christmas movies like it's it's an it's another one that like there's something for everyone in that one for all age groups right I can't believe we're we're gonna give a um honorary mention before we do our last ones but I can't believe neither of us said the Santa Claus movies because I didn't really watch them growing up okay heard yeah I didn't I, they kind of creeped me out um and so I didn't want to watch them <laughs> what about those ones scared you I think it was like the transformation from like regular human to Santa Claus that um what's his face what's that actor's name Tim Allen Tim Allen thank you goes through yeah creeped me out and then also jack frost is objectively kind of creepy in the second one yeah but it's martin short like come on now. oh my gosh well maybe i'll be revisiting those this year <laughs> maybe i'll be revisiting that i will say like the first one is really the only one that i rewatched. the second one is not worth it and the third one i think is the one with jack frost like the escape clause that one's like okay but it's not my fave. So I mainly just rewatched the first one. Oh my God, that like fully is Martin Short. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so maybe I have to go back and revisit these. I might have to go do some revisiting. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely holiday classics. My dad also, every single year without fail on Christmas day, we will be watching a Christmas story. And I'm sick and tired of it. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of that movie. It plays on a loop all Christmas Day because that was my dad's favorite. My dad yep. loved it. We have a leg lamp in our window. Yeah. Like, so that's 
oh my god but I love that for you yeah but it just it's not good no it's definitely not but wasn't it made in like the 40s or 50s or some crazy shit like it came out forever ago came out in the 80s oh um, word so okay nice I don't know why I, I don't know because wasn't what time period We're talking about the 60s or 70s I'm it it's got to be based in like a time period before that though yeah it's like it's talking about a Christmas in yeah in 1940 oh in the 40s that's why I thought that yes Ralphie receives the 1940 like it's in the 40s yeah that's why I thought that that's how I'm just which back to Elf the kid who plays Ralphie plays the head elf in Elf he does crazy crazy yeah but no without fail and that I'm so glad that was an experience that you also had because it it every single year we will be watching a Christmas story with my dad he eats it up and honestly I just like watching him watch it because he finds he finds so much enjoyment it's such a dad Christmas movie like dads love that movie for no reason like it's literally so bad but not good at all no and there's no like wrap up oh yay happy christmas ending like it just ends ends so a christmas story is always on in our house um but would you like to go with your last movie i would like to go with my last movie and my last one is love actually I mean, and we talked about it when you said the holiday, like, yeah, it's a Christmas movie, but you could watch it at any time of year and still enjoy it and appreciate it. Um, weirdly star-studded cast in this one. You got Hugh Grant, Alan Rickman, um, Emma Thompson. Ellie, who? Emma Thompson. Yeah, exactly. Like there's uh, teeny tiny Thomas Brody Sangster is in it. Like, yeah. And it's just... It's such a, like, like, that one, the ending, that classic, like, sometimes, like, love actually is all around. Like, it's just so, like, ah, feel good. I love a story with multiple plot lines that intermingle and stuff. It's just... I feel like this is me just fighting you on your list this whole episode, but I do, I really do not like love actually. (laughs) And let me tell you why. I don't like Love Actually because I found it so hard to root for these characters. Like, I really didn't care or like any of them other than Hugh Grant's character. Yeah, I do he, was, he was the only one that I was like, yes, like that's valid for liking him because his storyline was actually interesting. But all of the rest of them, I was like, y'all are just low-key terrible. Like, I don't like any of you. Especially the one that's romanticized the most is like... Kira Knightley's character with like the guy and stealing his best friend's girl like that's just not okay (laughs) yeah it's definitely I don't know I think it's just the the quickness of it all like it's just and it's definitely like real it gives like real human experiences about how like love truly like works in this world so I think that is like an accurate representation but I feel like I was going in with different expectations of what this movie was, and it just did not meet my standards. Okay, I'm going to be so honest. 
I really do continue to watch it for Hugh Grant and Hugh Grant only. Right. Everything else is like, I do, like, I love it. I think it's a cute yeah. story, definitely. But I mean, like Hugh Grant is my, my um, driving factor in watching it. But I had, I had to bring it up because if there's one thing about me, I'm going to talk about Hugh Grant. There you go. Sorry, I'm sorry. There you go. And would you like to go with your last movie on this list as well? Your runner-up while we're at it. Oh, okay. Yeah, I will give my runner-up because because the movie that you are about to share as your last one, I think also falls in this vein of like, you wouldn't necessarily think it's a Christmas movie until you look at it and you realize that Christmas is actually quite central to the plot. Right. Um. So I'm talking about Edward Scissorhands. And I know what you are thinking, listeners. You're saying, Morgan, that's crazy. How could that movie be about Christmas? Let me tell you how that's, how this is a Christmas movie. Just like people are like, Die Hard's a Christmas movie, which I've never seen Die Hard. I have no dogs in that fight. If you want to think Die Hard's a Christmas movie, think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I don't care. Um, but yeah, Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie, and this is why. We know that the movie starts, it's it's one of those like story about a story, like someone's telling this story and driving it forward as it's being told. That whole scene takes place during Christmas. There are Christmas lights up. It is snowing outside. It's Christmas. They talk about how it has not snowed in this town in like years. And, and now it's become like desert-like somewhere that like used to get snow. And what happens at the end? there's snow. It's Christmas during the movie. Like, like there are Christmas scenes in the movie. And then also it just has that general, like the goodwill of humans, you know, like community coming together, even though they, they're like, yes, it is a witch hunt for Edward. Um, and it gets a little dark at times about that, but like Christmas is so central to the plot of this movie. I think it should be considered a Christmas classic, actually. I would I would go so far as to call it a Christmas classic. And I will trust and believe you because I haven't seen Edward Scissorhands. So I will believe your opinion. Maybe this holiday season I'll watch it. I'll you watch it this holiday season. Get on it. Because yeah. I I am I am like and I have been on the this movie is a Christmas movie train like for so long because we watched it in high school when we read Frankenstein and AP Lit. Oh, okay. And that's when I think because we were like analyzing the movie, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. This is a Christmas movie. Like okay. Christmas is it's because like I think the argument, especially for movies like Die Hard, and I think also um in a sense, kind of the holiday and love actually too it's like and um there was another one that I came across when I was like going through my list of like Christmas movies that are like not maybe quite Christmas movies um but it's like is it a Christmas movie or does Christmas just happen to take place during the movie you know like it's is Christmas central to the plot or does Christmas just happen and I would I would argue in Edward Scissorhands Christmas is not only part of the plot it's mm -hmm. integral to the plot and that is my speech on why edward scissorhands as a christmas movie thank you <laughs> amazing um as for my last movie which can kind of give the same argument of like a lot of people wouldn't classify it as a holiday or christmas movie but i do in my heart of hearts it's little women and i'm talking specifically about greta gerwig's version of little women in this instance if we're going based on the argument that there are Christmas scenes in the movie, this scene fully, 30% of the movie is based around the holiday season. Mm -hmm. um, 
the integral part of the movie is when Beth takes, like when they take the food to the sick family. That and also their dad comes back around Christmas. Exactly. He comes back around Christmas and it is just Christmas and holiday movies are all about like filling me with the holiday spirit and like comfort and um, just feelings of like being wrapped in a warm blanket with a hot drink. And that is what Little Women is to me. And I agree. And I agree with everything I'm hearing. I debated putting Little Women on my list. And if you want to add fuel to that fire, it was a Christmas Day movie because I saw it in theaters on Christmas Day. It was. It was a Christmas Day movie. You're so right about that. Yeah. And there you go. And that's that. And so we hope you guys enjoyed hearing our long ramble of all of our favorite holiday movies. And I can't wait to watch every single one of these this season. Oh yeah, I'm going hard for the Christmas movies this year. Yeah, once once my finals are done in like two days, we're we're riding for the Christmas movies. But I think also over the past couple years, I was a big like Hallmark Christmas movie watcher. I, I wasn't. Oh my god! I wasn't watching the classics so much, and now I am sick and tired of Hallmark movies. I've had it up to here. I'm up past my eyeballs in Hallmark movies. I do not want to watch them anymore. I give me the classics. I definitely feel like I was on the Hallmark train or like the Lifetime train for a little bit because all of the One Tree Hill cast were doing like those movies. And so I was eating them up. Um, but I I truly couldn't care less anymore. I couldn't care less. My mom loves them. So they're my mom eats house. them. Yeah. Uh we watched one the other day. I forget what it was. It was called like Christmas Island or something. I don't even know. <laughs> they're all the, the same. same. They're all the same. Yeah. Someone who doesn't know the magic of Christmas falls in love with someone who does. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? I don't. Know. And I'm a little over Hallmark. Like, I feel like they definitely have their niche. They have their genre of like people who truly enjoy them. Um, and it is, but it is just like mindless media. Like, there's no thought that goes into creating those. Also, you can never watch them again. Yeah, they never. never- I yeah I've never like there's some that like I actually genuinely really enjoyed and I like wanted to go back and try to watch them and I simply don't know how they yeah. don't repeat no you miss it you miss it you're you're I know but guess what you'll see the same thing in a different font two hours later exactly it's okay <laughs> but you know if you it the the holiday and Christmas season is all about whatever brings you joy. So if Hallmark movies bring you joy, you go for it, girl. And then I'd love that for you. Yeah, I will not be watching it with you though. Peace right. and love. Exactly. You can enjoy them all on your own, but I will be watching the holiday, and I will be watching the Polar Express. You and can- you will be watching Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, thank you guys so much for listening today. Thank you once again for all of the love on our podcast this past year on your Spotify wraps. It was so fun to see. Um, make sure you're following along on our Instagram at I'm so glad pod to stay updated, rate and review wherever you're listening. And we will talk to you guys again next time. Bye.